Blog Talk Radio. America with host Shana Thornton, aired right here on the ever-popular Blog Talk Radio Network. As you know, this national show for the entire community is really for every member of your family. This show is for all of us. We bring topics to the table that are relevant and meaningful. We aim to offer real insight that hopefully influences and impacts your life in a very positive manner. Stay connected with the show, and please share us with everyone you happen to know, including family, friends, and colleagues. I am just thrilled about our topic and featured guest this evening. In a few minutes, we will be chatting with the renowned and well-respected historian, Dr. Ida E. Jones. I just adore this woman and her work. She is with us this evening to discuss her latest and critically acclaimed book titled Mary McLeod Bethune in Washington, D.C., Activism and Education in Logan Circle. This show will be groundbreaking. I'm going to say it again. This show will be groundbreaking with exclusive guest Dr. Ida E. Jones. Millions know or knew of Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune, but very few knew her well. They didn't really know about the causes and efforts she put forth to end racial injustice in the United States. Mary McLeod Bethune was a monumental figure in this nation's history. I am proud and truly honored to have the opportunity to discuss her life with our featured guest, again, Dr. Ida E. Jones. This show, like all the others, is for everyone. So I'm going to please request that you bring the kids in right now because our youth in particular need to know and be familiar with those individuals that influence our society. Knowledge is power. But as you all know what I say constantly on this show, sharing knowledge is even more powerful. Let's get right to our exclusive one-on-one interview with the celebrated Dr. Ida E. Jones. Now, I do want to say we will be taking live callers at this show. But I do ask that all callers please be patient. We will get to every caller, I promise. We will be taking questions and comments all throughout the exclusive interview with Dr. Jones. Simply call in at 914-803-4284. I'm going to say the number again, 914-803-4284, to provide comments or submit questions live for Dr. Jones. Now, be sure to press 1 if you want to come on the air live and speak again with the exclusive guest, Dr. Jones. 
I promise we will get to you, so do not hang up. Don't leave us. We've got some great information to share. But first, please allow me to share some brief information. Best known as an educator and early civil rights activist, Mary McLeod Bethune was the daughter of former slaves. After moving to the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., in 1936, she organized and represented thousands of women with the National Council of Negro Women. She led the change to change segregationist policies of local hospitals and concert halls, and she acted as a mentor to countless African-American women in the district. Residents of all races were brought together to honor Bethune's birthday with some of the first games between the local Negro League and a white semi-pro team. Historian Dr. Ida E. Jones explores the monumental life of Mary McLeod Bethune as a leader, a crusader, and a Washingtonian through the new critically acclaimed book, Mary McLeod Bethune in Washington, D.C., Activism and Education in Logan Circle. Dr. Ida E. Jones, the book's author, is a native of Cambridge, Massachusetts, and is the assistant curator of manuscripts at the Moreland Spingham Research Center. Her areas of interest revolve around African-American Christianity, women, and archives. She appeared on C-SPAN as a moderator for a discussion on the 19th anniversary of women's suffrage. She is a consummate public scholar who seeks to inform people about the gravity that history and historical studies have on everyday life. She holds a B.A. in journalism, a woman after my own heart, of course, and a Ph.D. or doctorate in American history from Howard University, the distinguished Howard University. Currently, she is a national director for the Association of Black Women Historians. Listeners from all over the world, please help me welcome this highly respected national historian. Everyone in the field knows who she is. She's celebrated across the globe. Dr. Ida E. Jones. Hello, Dr. Jones, and welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. How are you? Good evening, Shana. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited that you're with us, and I really already am claiming that you're going to help inspire myself and all of our listeners this evening by teaching us about a woman that was larger than life, Miss Mary McLeod Bethune. That's my intention. Oh, great. Now, I did speak some in the beginning about your book that's already critically acclaimed. Uh, myself, along with my family, had the opportunity to read this book, and it is well done, uh, Dr. Jones, beautifully written. But I have to ask you this. What drove your passion to write the book Mary McLeod Bethune in Washington, D.C., Activism and Education in Logan Circle? Well, I thank you very much for that question, and I, I have written other things in the past, and most of my writings find me. I uh, came to Howard University in 1988 to attend and lived at 1239 Vermont Avenue. Mrs. Bethune's home is at 1318 Vermont Avenue, so it's diagonally across the street. So I remember seeing the house there and knowing about who she was and kind of familiar with her. And in light of this current time in which we're living, there's a whole movement on cultural tourism and people kind of knowing their local neighborhoods and communities and who lived there before. So I'm very familiar with the Mary McLeod Bethune home that is in the northwest part of Washington, D.C., and was 
talking about her house and really trying to help this current generation, my contemporaries as well as younger people, introduce themselves to Mrs. Bethune. So under the suggestion of Dr. Joy Kennard, who's currently the national uh, site manager for the house, she said, you know, you should do something on that. You know, you can come look at the archives and you should write something about her. I thought I had known who Mrs. Bethune was prior to this research, but I'm just simply wading in ankle-deep to her life at this juncture because she was an epic personality. Wow, larger than life. And, you know, I did mention at the top of the segment, Dr. Jones, that everyone knows her name, obviously, of different racial groups and around the world. But I think few really understood what her cause and her vision was. I think when you speak to many people out in the public, adults or youth alike, they say, oh, well, she was a woman that fought for causes of um, for African Americans. But she was so much more, Right. Very much so. And in the book, and I love this quote that I found in the archive, she was doing a radio interview, and she said, I always realize wherever I am that I represent not only myself alone, but the 15 million brown people of America, not only of my own people, but of all minorities, of all colonial people who seek to be understood and who crave a right to stand and be counted as one in the world affairs. And I think that's the most encapsulating quote for her vision of a global world where peace and brotherhood reigned as the dictum, not racism or sexism or anything else, but peace and harmony. You know, it's amazing that she already had a vision that now seems progressive ahead of her time, but yet she already claimed a responsibility and an accountability to use her life as a way to inspire and improve the lives of millions of other individuals. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. And I think that there's been some writings that her mother and her grandmother, as well as being the 15th of 17 children, so her elder 14 siblings who were born in enslavement, really infused her with a sense of story and perspective, and then coupled with the Presbyterian Church that opened schools during the Reconstruction era she attended, infused the sense of Christian duty and mission. So the idea of looking at her family, understanding that culture of enslavement and the South, she's from South Carolina, and then understanding the Christian mission of what Christ has envisioned for the world to be prior to the fall, that she understood that it took individuals to make that, quote, beloved community or that peaceful world exist. And that Mm. was her vision. And powerful, and I do want to certainly give a shout-out. I'm a native of South Carolina also, like Miss <laughs> Bethune, definitely. And But I also want to mention, as I said before, she was the child of former slaves. You know, when you think about that, I mean, we say, well, slavery was so long ago, but yet we have a woman considered a modern-day humanitarian by many millions out there, and yet she was one generation away from the uh, enslavement of human beings. That is the amazing part that I think when we actually look at our own family tree, I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Dorothy Height, who was mentored by hand by Mrs. Bethune. And so when you look at that, I knew her, she knew Mrs. Bethune, Mrs. Bethune knew her grandmother at the age of 11 or 13. So when you look at that, you're talking the early to mid-1850s. So when you look at that, how time is so linear for us, when you look at knowing people who've lived into their 80s and 90s and their span of who they might have known, we almost can go back probably several centuries in regards to people who know people. So it really makes the whole idea of enslavement very real and very practically an open wound on the soul of America that has yet to fully heal. But I think Mrs. Bethune believed with Christ and prayer we could heal that wound and move forward into a better world. 
a progressive and positive thinking even in her time. You know, Dr. Jones, we have the line already going busy with callers. I want to ask you one quick question before we take our first caller. Tell us how this book uh, really changed you. In other words, let me make it very simple. What did you newly discover about Miss Mary McLeod Bethune by researching and writing this book? What I discovered, and I can't even begin to sum it up into one word, was that she was Herculean in the sense that she was the national president of at least four organizations simultaneously for over ten years. And she was able to legislate those organizations not in a dictatorial fashion, but in kind of an egalitarian fashion. Her concern was that younger women be apprenticed in leadership, be mentored and encouraged. So she was building this college, building this organization, putting herself out there, opening other organizations, putting herself into everything in regards to the war effort during the 40s, the federal government during the 30s. It was just incredible. She was literally in every finger, in every pot, stirring it to make it better. And I think that we look at our own lives and technology makes things busy for us. We really need to really rethink how to strategize to use our time effectively. Not to be seen, but to be effective. And that's what I think I learned the most, that she was about being effective. Hmm. A woman after my own heart who truly wanted to make a difference. We're going to take our first caller right now. I'm sure she has a question or a comment for Dr. Jones. And right now I want to bring on the line we have Shirley. Shirley, what's your question or comment for Dr. Jones on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton? Yes, thank you so very much for talking with me. Mama Crawford film was very influential not only within both African Americans but also with women. Would you please elaborate on how her influence, um, how, how, how does she influence women's rights, especially when it comes to library sciences? And, That's a very fight. That is a very good question. She was uh, a gender or a feminist, if you want to call it. And the idea of library science we have in the book, as well as the house, the National Black Women's Archives. In 1939, along with Sue Bailey Thurman and Mary Church Terrell, they opened an archive to document Negro women's history and culture. And so they were collecting materials, material culture. They wanted each chapter to send in dolls to document what the black woman's life was about and simultaneously create a library of books written by and about the Negro experience, both gendered as well as broad, to be able to create a resource facility for people to come and study the experience as documented by the Negro. So she really encouraged this idea, and there actually was a National Archives Day, NCNW sponsored in the 1940s, to encourage a nationwide attention to the contributions of African-American people prior to, during, and after enslavement. So the idea of documenting is Carter G. Woodson does the same thing with ASALH. She helps infuse him with the idea for the ASALH to also document and create a living resource that people can use. Awesome. Dr. Jones? Yes. Yes, awesome, awesome, awesome feedback. I hope that answered the question. Oh, I'm sure you did. Thank you, Shirley, for calling in. Right now I'm going to take our next caller. And Kimberly is on the line. Kimberly, thanks for calling uh, Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. What's your comment or question for Dr. Jones? Kimberly? Okay, I think we just lost Kimberly. Okay. All right. But let me go right to our next question before we take another caller. You know, did Mary McLeod Bethune's vision of society change any while while she was living in Washington, D.C.? 
I don't believe it changed. I believe she saw the situation so dynamically entrenched in local mores and behaviors that it required like a surgical skill to uproot it. While she was living in Washington, D.C., in the 1318 Vermont Avenue address, she realized the house had been too small. So she decided to want to move to what we call DuPont Circle on Massachusetts Avenue to buy a larger home. And she was thwarted by the Episcopal Women's Guild to purchase that house that was actually a woman from the Red Cross had owned it. So a simple idea of doing work that she was doing and catering to an international community of women as well as um, diplomats she was thwarted in that effort. So I think she realized the depth of racism required, she was a very prayerful person, but also a level of surgical skill to kind of erase and bring down the barriers that stereotypes had created and bigotry had wow. created. Wow, Dr. Jones? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you at the end of it. So okay. would you repeat the last statement for me? That she was in tra- understanding that it required prayer as well as personal contact to bring yes. down the barriers of segregation and bigotry mm-hmm. in America. She saw the complete picture. She really did. Yeah. Now, how was McLeod received in Washington, D.C., by other African Americans and then by white Americans? Because we look at her now in hindsight, and we say, obviously, everyone had to love this woman. But I've got to be very realistic. This was in a time period where it was very uh, tough and challenging for African Americans. How was she received among her own individuals within her racial group and then by, of course, white Americans? Well, and to answer the the latter of the two questions, be very easy. White Americans embraced her tremendously, at least those who were liberal-leaning. Her proximity and friendship with Eleanor Roosevelt helped with that, in a sense, because Eleanor Roosevelt herself was also an untraditional woman who was also trying to bring a humane and peaceful world together. So the two of them together, being, quote, physically unattracted by some, as well as being untraditional women by some, also help them to really be embraced by other individuals who thought if these women can do what they're doing and and not have any kinds of personal hang-ups, I can do it also. Now, as African Americans in Washington, D.C., you have to understand the culture here is slightly unusual than any other city. It is a very stratified black culture. There are those who are pre-Civil War free and those who received emancipation after the Civil War. And those two communities historically have not gotten along, so says the literature. But also complexion and class play into the vertical relationship within black culture in Washington, D.C. And Mrs. Bethune, being a very dark-complected person, could have been considered someone to overlook. But when she came to Washington in the fullness of being a college president on a federal government appointment, the first person of African descent to receive a government appointment to the level she was, she commanded the respect. Um, There were little slights of sexism that she did encounter from various men at Howard University, but she was able to overcome that because of the sheer gravity of her personality. So I think if you didn't like her, you'd have to reconcile her presence regardless. (laughs) That's right. A woman to be reckoned with. But certainly thank you for acknowledging that. I guess it's not as straightforward as we would have thought, that everyone loved her, everyone admired her. She had her challenges, but just as women and men of today also may encounter, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay. Thank you. We're going to take our next caller right now. Uh, Miss Daisy Thompson, you're on the line with Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton uh, with Dr. Jones. How are you? Miss Thompson. 
Okay, we got some feedback, but she we were informed that she did have a question or comment for us. But we're going to move forward. We are going to get to the callers that are waiting online. Please hold, but we certainly want to certainly continue this conversation. All the great information coming from Dr. Ida E. Jones and her new book about Mary McLeod Bethune. You know, tell me this, Dr. Jones. Describe the culture of Washington, D.C. during this time in history. Because you did describe, of course, what it was like, uh, how the African Americans or the Caucasians within power at the White House received her. But what was Washington, D.C. like? Was there a strong black middle class? Um, was it a lot of poverty? Tell our listeners what it was like. Washington, D.C., prior to World War II, actually prior to the 1950s, was pretty much a southern city. So you said you're okay. from South Carolina, and you yes. understand what that means in terms of that. She was also. So it was a, it's a culturally uh, stratified landscape. So you have black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods. You even have checkerboard pattern where you have blacks and whites because of poverty living closer together. But they did okay. not play together. They did not attend the same schools or churches. And I actually cite one woman inside of the book. Her name is Loretta Carter Haynes, and she talks about being a native Washingtonian and looking at a park across the street near Capitol, not Capitol, North Capitol Street, and said, well, why do the white children play over here and we play over here? We're all children. We should play together. And when she crossed the street, she was pelted with stones in the 1940s by white children her own age, and she's about seven years old. So she comes home and says, you know, what is that about? And her mother says, because we don't mix like that. And you okay. need to understand that everyone's not going to accept you, but that doesn't mean you're less than. So Mrs. Bethune enters a community that is very stratified by race as well as class, and then it's a yes. southern-minded town that's full of individuals from various diplomats and heads of state and what have you. So then that, that's burden also. There's the federal city and the neighborhoods in which people live. So when she moves into the Logan Circle community, the Logan Circle community was a predominantly white neighborhood that was gradually turning black by the time she arrives in the 1940s, but it still wasn't fully black. And so as a result, you have places in which African Americans move into, others move out of. And that's pretty much the cusp of what was going on in Logan Circle at that time. Mm, and that's really the history of our nation's capital. And in so many ways, Dr. Jones, the history of the United States, I'm sure, and lots of exactly. different pockets throughout the geography. Wow. As we begin to wrap up some of our questions, we have Michelle. Michelle Smith is on the line with us with a comment or question. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. You're on with Dr. Jones discussing Mary McLeod Bethune. Michelle? Michelle Smith? I think individuals are maybe getting shy. <laughs> oh, I'm online. <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm online. <laughs> well, oh, thank God. you for calling, Michelle. We appreciate you calling and supporting the show. You know, what do you want readers to walk away with after reading your new book, Dr. Jones? Well, what I would want the reader to glean from the book is just simply an appreciation for the sacrifices of previous generations in the sense that we should live this kind of selfless life that all okay. of us have been put on the planet for a reason, regardless of your religious you know, cosmology, but you're put on the planet for a reason, that's to do something, and that's to make the world a better place than the way you found it, whatever that better yes. is, a cleaner yard, a better education, yes. something improving. And I think that's what I would like readers to glean, is that your life should be lived to some level of selflessness to make it better for someone else, and this is also an appreciation of those who've gone before us. Wow. So you really want your book to be evidence in a way, if you will, of the life Mary McLeod Bethune lived, correct? Exactly, exactly. Mm. 
just an inspiration for all of us to do better and be better. Now, I've got to ask you this. Of course, you're not Miss Mary McLeod Bethune, but I know she would be proud of the young woman that you've become full circle. But would she be proud of our society today if she were alive? And, of course, you're taking an educated guess or assumption. But would she be proud if she looked at our current society in your opinion? I, I don't know. I don't believe that she would have. And I have somewhere here in the book, and I was hoping you would have kept asking that question. There is an article she wrote entitled The Negro in Retrospect and Prospect. And she says, as the Negro moves out of his newly uh, recognized capacity as a power to be reckoned with, it will uh, it will be well to remember that not only courage but caution has to be in place with progress. My kind of caution would be a call for the acceptance of responsibility of being informed for strengthening of moral character. So I think she would be a little bit taken aback with the lack of moral character but as politicians, educators, academics, everybody has a flawed moral character. But not yeah. trying to refine that and live above, let's say, temptations to be greedy and steal money or to disinvest in education. The selfishness and the greed that has basically come about in this entire generation is a shock and a shame from Mrs. Bethune's era. So I think her concern with black America as well as just humanity mm-hmm. in general, the greed and the glut and the, just the immoral way of living, is what yes. would be her most shocking and disgusted point with this culture. So in your opinion, Dr. Jones, she would want an altruistic society that's willing to help out and reach out to everyone. Am I am I quoting exactly. you right? I think okay. you are. Mm. I, I know you're on Beautiful that. words. And, and, of course, you're not Miss Bethune, but I think you're a truly you're a leading expert in her life and her activism, so we're going to take your word as close as possible to it. You know, before we wrap up and get out of here, do you recommend this book for today's youth? Are youth, there are a lot of teenagers, out there, there are a lot of adolescents. Um, in your opinion, I've already had my answer. I think this book is for everyone. But do you recommend this book for a certain age group or just for adults? Is it too heavy of a reading and research for our kids? What's your take? Well, I've had people who say they're going to buy it to read with children in their teen years, as well as some of their preteens. I've had people who are seniors who said they're going to read it for themselves to learn about their own time period, things that might have escaped them. So I think it's a general read that is available for anybody who is literate. I have my 12-year-old nephew. It's on his reading list. Little does he know to get through it. And as a result, be able to question words you don't understand or things you don't get about the past. There are some ugly situations in which a black woman was forced to give birth on a sidewalk in front of a hospital because of racism that Mrs. Bethune enjoined a petition about that. So those are the realities people had to live because of racism. So there is a a beauty in her life as a successful person, but there's also the ugliness of what she had to fight. And I think that helps us balance our own reality in regards to the beauty, beauty we will see in our lives as well as the ugliness we will have to conquer. So I think this is a very good read to be used to educate both young, middle, and mature persons about what human sacrifice really is. Awesome. I found it to be easy reading, relatable to everyone. So I certainly recommend the book. It's well done. It's powerful. It's groundbreaking. And it gives us a little more insight into a woman that was known or heard of by many, but very few really understood her life and her vision. And you've done a wonderful job. Congratulations to you, Dr. Ida Jones. Thank you so much, Shana. Thank you so very, very much. Oh, thank you for creating a masterpiece. Now tell me, before we get out of here on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton, how can our listeners learn more about your new book? Well, it is available on Amazon, 
and it is also available as an ebook on Amazon. But I would encourage persons who are in the library systems, my uh, librarian and archives friends who are listening on the line, I thank you so very much, as well as everybody I've invited to have their local libraries order them. Even though yes. it is a Washington, D.C. study, she was, like you said, a global citizen. So I think yes, sure. her residency in Washington, D.C., which is an international city, would be applicable to anybody. And uh, I, I would love to have people purchase a copy, have their local bookstores order them. They are available via the History Press. But like I said, even if you can't afford a personal copy, encourage your local branch library to buy a copy so that you can read it in your neighborhood and share it in your classrooms and study groups. Wow. Of course, the book is Mary McLeod Bethune in Washington, D.C., Activism and Education and Local Circuit, done wonderful by Dr. Ida E. Jones, national historian celebrated by the world, the woman that she wrote the book about and herself. Thank you, Dr. Jones, for joining us on the show tonight. Thank you for sharing the knowledge. Thank you, you Shana. Thank you. And you're a friend of the show. We love you. I love you, too. I look forward to any comments on Facebook. There is a Mary McLeod Bethune page on Facebook, so people can also feel free to leave comments either on your site or mine, and I gladly will answer whatever questions I can. Thank you, Dr. Jones, and stay blessed, and congratulations again. You have a good night, and thank you. You too. All right. Awesome interview with Dr. Ida Jones. Stay tuned in. Our next show will be next Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Email all comments, concerns, questions to letstalkshana at gmail.com. We love you. Stay connected. Stay informed. Simply stay empowered. Until next time, America, let's talk. All content original. Copyright 2013 by Shana Thornton. We've got to get out of here, but next Tuesday, 7.30, we'll see you again. Thanks. Hi, welcome to the national show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton, featured live right here on Blog Talk Radio. We are excited to be here. You know, this show really is for every single member of the family. This is your community show. We will address important, timely, and relevant topics that matter to all of us. Always remember to share us with family and friends. We ask that you stay connected, stay informed, and simply Stay empowered. Until next time, America, let's talk.